Hey, it's Candia Raquel, founder of Centro de Poder, and you are at the Essential Sessions podcast, the place to be to sense your fire so you can share your flame. And today we have a very special guest. This is Lucia Gabriela. She's an expert in intimacy, relationships, and much more. Welcome, Lucia Gabriela. Thank you so much for um, inviting me. Tell us a little bit about your work introducing yourself because you cover an immense range of of the pleasure experience in, in us humans. Yeah, so this is a very interesting question because a lot of people always ask me like, what it is that you do? And I'm like, well, I do a lot. <laughs> and you always come to like, okay, what it is that you actually need? Um, I'm a founder of two great temples, as we call it. I'm founder of this sacred love temple, which is um, where we each a community that we come to learn and explore and experience everything that is about tantra, sacred sexuality, conscious intimacy, you know, and all these delicious topics about how to become masters of ourselves, our intimacy, our sexuality. And also I'm founder of the Sarasola Dark Temple, which is a uh, our conscious kink BDSM community. So I am also, you know, I'm a therapeutic kink practitioner, uh, BDSM coach, uh, helping clients and couples who decide to explore these aspects of their life. And when it comes to the work that I do itself, I'm a relationship and intimacy coach, but I'm a trauma-informed relationship and intimacy coach, which is really important because uh, in the work that we are, uh, that we are creating, uh, many clients have trauma and pretty much nine out of 10 people experience trauma in their life. So I come from a background of being a trauma-informed practitioner, facilitator, teacher, leader, and all that. So um, at the same time, I am an emotional somatic a body therapist, which actually is that I help individuals to reclaim their voice, their body, and their power, um, you know, by releasing any kind of like a stuck emotions or stuck belief system that they have in a body. As we know, we are energetic beings and belief systems and emotions are energy. And when we are not in alignment with who we are and we actually are keeping ourselves stuck uh, by ABC reason, it could be by trauma, uh, all of this gets stuck in our body and we, you know, it gets to press it. And all of a sudden we start developing issues like health issues. And I come from like a very holistic, integrated background that um, I don't really much care too much sometimes about like um, how somebody can experience a, a juicy, delicious intimacy, which is great. I love that. But I truly focus on like helping my clients to being integrated with their well-being and explore like what are the dynamics that actually are not uh, creating benefit, they're not creating harmony, not creating expansion in their life and in the energetic field. Because at the end of the day, our well-being and our health is really important. We cannot have a great intimacy if our body is sick. We cannot have great sex if our body is sick. So it's really important to understand like how it is that I can create these harmonial, um, you know, life where my body my heart my emotion my feeling my thought my belief 
everything is living in a place from a plate of expansion versus from a plate of contraction. So that's kind of a little bit of what I do in a sense. I can do a lot more. <laughs> I love <laughs> your Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful historia. I love your your approach of taking into account every aspect of the personality, of the life experience, of health, including the belief systems and the health of the body. Because like you say, like health and well-being is the base for the unfolding of experiences. Because one one would think that, okay, I'm going to get the sexy or kinky outfit and jump right into the experience but that may not do the trick if there's stuff getting in the way as you said trauma and obstructing limiting beliefs so what would be like a first step to acknowledge what one desires like when when a, a new client comes to you like do they come with a clear idea or they are like just like stumble in 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 the dark what is a good starting place so what i think i'm hearing the question is like what is the great first step for people to um open up to their desires to yeah. know to become aware and clear about the desires So I come from like, I would say, an insight or a practice of permissions, giving self permission. And I usually when my clients come and work with me, I would say that it's, it's a journey of giving ourselves permission to be, have, do, and experience what we are holding ourselves back from. And I usually, the first thing that I have them, like I, we have like a whole workbook that we go through, but the first thing that they do is we call the I give myself permission journal. And it's really interesting, I would say, that a lot of people have a struggle with that. Like, like they usually go through that journal and they can sometimes, like when they really block, And it's a great sign for me to understand like where they're blocked with this is because sometimes they only have five or 10 items in there or they have, and I usually have like around 50 lines in there for like, I give myself permission. I give myself permission. I give myself permission. And that whole invocation is kind of powerful and makes people become aware like where they're blocking themselves in their life, in the intimacy, with their family, with their boundaries, with with their wealth and abundance, like what it is that we're not giving ourselves permission every day in life. And and sometimes that could also include aspect of a shadow and a you know, not just a light, not just the the good moment, right? Like not just the happy part of ourselves or the like the productive part of ourselves. But it could be times where it's like, you know, sometimes we're like really sad and like we just want to, you know, we, we are human beings and everything is part, everything in nature has cycles. And what it is, is that, you know, the plant has cycles, the, the moon has a cycle, the earth has a cycle, the water has a cycle. 
we human, we have cycles. We women know that we have a cycle because we have a menstruation. Men also have a cycle with their semen cycle. And many people don't talk about it. They're mainly not even aware of the uh, semen cycle. So we are cycle beings, like everything is emotion and giving us a permission to be a cycle human being that, hey, I know I'm going to be in my app and I know I'm going to be hitting my cycle where I, I'm about contraction, where I'm going to have these emotions, I'm going to have this belief system and even give myself permission to be sad one day. And this is like one of the greatest revelations that we can have for ourselves because even myself, you know, everything I do teach and share, it comes from like personal experiences. And that's why I create all my protocols. Yes, I do have my mentors, my my trainings and everything, which are great. But at the end of the day, the whole core of my, my work is self-work, inner work. That's my PhD, like my inner work. Yeah. And just realizing that I'm going to be on that cycle of like sadness. I usually go and be like, oh, I just want to be sad for the day. I would call my partners like, I feel sad today. I feel sad that, you know, I don't know. It's like I have these emotions coming in. And so I will be like, okay, I don't want to work today. I just want to give myself permission to be in the phone looking for sad things so I can cry it out. <laughs> so I go to watch a movie and I will be watching a romantic movie with some drama happen. And all of a sudden I'm like crying, letting it out. And the beautiful part about that is that if I allow myself and I give myself permission to feel what it's feeling in that cycle moment, uh, the energy is released. I come from a commitment to myself and my body to not get cancer again. And I talk about it because I heal cancer at a very young age in a very holistic, homeopathic way. But I knew my cancer. I knew why I got cancer. I got cancer because I was emotionally toxic to myself at a very young age for 10 years. I did not want to live. I didn't want to be part of this planet. I did not want to exist. And one day, universal creator, boom, gave me the opportunity to have that opening like that the awakening time. So I usually call cancer how was my portal of awakening because it was like I realized that I was being mean to myself. That I was talking bad to myself. I was cutting myself. I was like really like like toxic to myself, not just physically. Like I wouldn't care about bruises. I wouldn't care about anything. And all of a sudden like I developed a disease that it was silence that not doctors knew about it. Like everybody asked me, like, didn't you feel anything? Didn't you have any symptoms? And if I didn't have that appendix, what that's where they found it. Uh, you know, it's a medical long story short. But if I didn't have that, like all doctors just said that they believed that I had I had less than five years to live if I they didn't discover it. And, you know, they wanted to go with traditional medicine of cutting my part of my intestine, my gallbladder, part of my liver. So I was going to be living for the rest of my life with a feeding tube, which, you know, uh, that kind of like short term life because nobody lived more than five years or 10 years with that. Uh, and they always cause all the different issues. And I was like, no, I said clearly, I know, I know that I created this and I'm going to heal it. And from that commitment with myself, I don't, that's one of the one things I will not give myself permission to is to get sick sometimes. I cannot get sick. I, because the moment that I, if I get sick, it's like, I will be like going against my 
my compromise and my commitment with my body of like living in harmony. And if I get sick, if, if when I get sick with a call or something, it's like less than 24 hours. And it's like right away, I'm like, okay, what is my body telling me? <laughs> and usually it's like, oh, you overwork it. You overgive yourself. You overdid it. And my body, when start getting like a little sick, it will be like, okay, it's time to slow down. I'm not going to do anything the rest of the week. I'm just going to let the house to be dirty. Give myself permission to just walk into a messy house. <laughs> Bam. Bam. Oh, it's so hard touching your story. You, you healed yourself from cancer. And at the core of this is giving yourself permission that can be giving yourself permission to live to, to the most extreme instance. But in an everyday basis, it's like give yourself permission to feel that the way that you feel, to want what you want, and to live your day the way that you want to live it. Because we often don't give permission ourselves. We, we ask the inner voice of our parents if they would grant us permission or or we ask what we think society would think well no one really cares <laughs> about what should we allow ourselves to do or not so at the core of intimacy you're telling us to take agency to to become our inner authority and give ourselves permission and that is that is extraordinary that's life-changing and it's completely a shift from a shift also to maturity and maturity also in a sensual and sexual way of i am an adult i am mature and i take ownership of my desires and i am the authority on my life and I give myself permission to desire, want what I want and to act on it. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah, and there are some, like one of my mentors would say when it comes to trauma, is like, and there are some desires that are great to acknowledge and give ourselves permission to feel the energy of them, uh, but not productive to act on them, right? So it is like where sometimes people don't have a, a balance or a harmony within themselves or self-control mechanism where, you know, they have all these amazing desires, especially when it comes to sexuality. And then all of a sudden, sometimes the desire can cause trauma and chaos in other people's lives. So it's really, really important to recognize like what are like our desires that are like natural for us. And they're like, they are productive and expensive and even involve other people, you know, our desires involve other people to always make sure that we have like that consensual uh, agreement of exploring those desires. And I feel like when it comes to desires, it's really important to come from a place of fulfilling our own needs. And the reason why I'm sharing it is because I work with in the industry of Tantra, like the feel of Tantra, sacred sexuality. And there's like such a big movement of like, you know, pleasure and experiencing your pleasure and experiencing your desires and act on them very fully. 
And I kind of like step back a little bit and I'm like, I'd like to invite to become a little bit more conscious of like where these desires are coming from. Are coming from a place of lack or coming from a place of wholeness, which is really, really important to pay attention to that when we talk about desires. Uh, because if we are looking to fulfill our desires that are coming from a place of lack, we have to be really mindful of like what the strategies that we're using to experience those desires. And if the strategies are actually productive or destructive. And I can tell you that, you know, in the field of sexuality, we have to be mindful about those desires. Um, when it involves just ourselves, go for it, explore it. But when it involves other people in our desires, we really have to be really mindful about how, what are the strategies that we're going to be utilizing to fulfill those desires. And, you know, I have like have even partners in my life that they are part of this whole movement of desire and they create a lot of desires. And they're like about like don't depress your desires and, and things like that. And it is really important to to also when it comes to our desires that involve other people to to come from a place of if this desire uh could I let go of this desire or not? Do I have any attachment to this desire or not? Because if we try to fulfill our desire from a place of desperation and a place of lack and a place of like, I need all my needs to be met, it may not end up in a harmonial way that we desire. It's like, could I let go of this desire and not be totally attached to it? And I guarantee you that desire that involves other person is going to be fulfilled even faster because there's no, there's, a, there's no energy of attachment. So before we explore our desires, I usually, that's like another chapter, like a more advanced chapter in my work when I do, like when we do a step. Um, before I even go into the desire chapter, I invite everybody to know and to understand who are their core values. Yes. What are they standing out for themselves? Like what it is that they find that is important and significant in their life? And what are the core needs? Because one with that fulfilling our core need, and we come from a place of like understanding our high standards of values, and we understand this dynamic, when we come to our desires and we understand our core desires, then we're gonna then we come from a place of like wholeness. Yes. Because I know myself, I understand who I am, I understand my need. I, I I know how to provide for my need personally. I'm not dependent of other people or call dependent on other people. Um I am not, you know, coming from a place of like limitations, a limiting belief system. And do I come to to fulfill my desire from a place of wholeness? So this is like a whole desired topic for me because, and I'm really passionate about talking about this because it's, it's really interesting to see that I have witnessed a lot of people chasing their desires and they live the uh, burning woods, right? Like it's like you go in the hunting of your desires in the woods, that's the metaphor. And all of a sudden the whole trail is get on fire. The yeah. whole trail get destroyed. Why? Because you were chasing a desire that it was it was coming from a place of lack and ended up being destructive versus being a desire that unify yourself in your wholeness 
but also the unified the feel that you are with other individuals. That's uh, definitely a great next step to acknowledge your desire and know if it's not uh, hiding an underlying need that will make you pursue what you want for the wrong reason. Say, for example, you want to to get um, validation or you want approval So, with your partner. So you think that you want, uh, I don't know, very romantic sex with candles and silk and everything white and violins or whatever. And, and you give into that, trying to convince yourself that's your desire, what in actuality you want like to please your partner or you want a greater, I don't know, um, make him, I don't know, appreciate you. When in reality, what you want for yourself, like in that realm, in, in pure desire is different. So it's key like to be clear with what is that you really want and also what do you really need what are your core values and think on on the consequences for the other person and for you like whereas you give into the other person desires if they don't match yours or your desires maybe bypass the desires of of the other person and It's so, so important what you mentioned about consent. So how does does consent place? What's the role that consent plays in real intimacy? I mean, in the sense that it's important like to, to get into a, an agreement, but if at every second you need to be talk, talking, then I don't know, it's like, The, the mind and the talking can get into the way of the body experience. So how, how can one practice like an ongoing consent? Yeah, so consent is like a real conversation to have in relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's something that it had not been thought in society for generations. Uh, we come from a generation of families and parents that they have no idea about consent because they did not have a choice for consent. They didn't have they didn't have the education about consent. We were raised in families where, especially Latino families, we were raised in a culture where if you don't give a hug to grandma, grandpa is disrespect. If you don't kiss and it's disrespect. And if you don't do this, it's disrespect. So, like, you, the child has no choice to say, no, I don't want to hug grandma. I don't want to hug grandpa. And it is really interesting that we have, a, you know, we have stories of incest where, yeah. you know, there had been some sexual abuse in the family done by parents and grandparents, right? Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. And it's like the children have never had a voice and a choice to say, like, no, I don't want to be with this person. Uh, even we live in a society that even a legal system in so many countries, including the United States, that the children have no voice, that the children have no power. The victim has no voice and no protection from even the authority, the government itself. Um, 
because there's no they in children have no choice to to um to uh to choose who they want to be with in a toxic relationship dynamic they are put together in families or they are in families that they're toxic and they cannot get out of it so we still have these issues with society and like legal issues that children haven't been able to appreciate understand the concept of consent because even if they are in a family dynamic that has been toxic and they have been perpetrated by any other individual, unfortunately, they're still going to have to be in the same family because even if they take them away with a foster care, with this issue, with these all the legal issues, they still the child has no choice in their decision of who they want to live with or who they want to be with, who they want to stay away from. So it is like an interesting concept that we are in this time of society that we're talking about consent but at a practical level, it is not something that we can, um, that it can be experienced until you are 18 years old, unfortunately, uh, where you can actually really ask for full consent of so many dynamics. Because unfortunately, until that age of 18, unless you're a conscious parent raising conscious kid in a conscious society, a conscious community, where you understand the power, the voice of the children, where you give them that choice, where you respect the consent, is not something that is practical. So when we are 18 years older, where we can actually stand up for ourselves and speak our voice, that's pretty much where the healing starts happening now, where we're helping all these, these teenagers and going into adulthood of 18, 20, 21, 25, where the brain is still rewiring it, where we can help them to understand that nothing can be done to them without the consent. And I'm going to share all of this because coming from a trauma-informed background, when people have have a struggle with intimacy in their life, there's always a trauma linked to some aspect of consent that had been violated at a very young age. And six out of 10 women had been sexually assaulted at a very young age, and four out of six boys had also been sexually assaulted at a very young age. That's kind of like the, the statistic that we talk about. So if you think about this, we have a high percentage of individuals in our society that have experienced emotional sexual trauma. And because they have experienced this, this they're going to have triggers in the intimacy. The intimacy may be close. The intimacy, like the sexuality, may be shut down because they, they feel like the other person or the other sex is a perpetrator. So they're going to close themselves up. Like if they were if they were at home where the parents knew about the assault and they didn't do anything, they're gonna close themselves totally, even in their heart, they're not gonna believe that somebody's gonna be there to create a safe container for them. There's so many dynamics that it can trigger somebody at a deeper level not to have intimacy at a young at an older age. Because anything that we get triggered by, it happens at a younger age. So we consent is real. Uh, is a real conversation to have because we have to understand that if we are in the dating pool, in the dating world, you have to understand that the person that you may be dating may have had some kind of like emotional sexual abuse or some, you know, assault or trauma at some point. Uh, so we really have to have start the conversations in our relationship about consent and how healing it is. So a practical example, I doing a lot of my events that I run here, the Sacred Love Temple, 
or even at my practice with my center, Nuna Holistic Retreat Center, or whatever I do, whatever I put my hands on, one of the experiences I ask everybody is to ask for consent. Like that's our main guidelines. Before you sit to somebody next to somebody, ask for consent. May I sit next to you? Before you hold a hand, may I hold your hand? May I hug you? May I kiss you? May I this? Ask for consent and learn to wire that in your system. To always be asking why, because if somebody had experienced trauma in their life, the moment that you ask them for consent. You gave them the choice that they never had. And that right there is a healing mechanism for them, the healing tool. Now, what is going to be really important in intimacy for couples is that sometimes in couple relationship, we have had some triggers, we have had some issues, some problems that we can go a lot deeper, not today, but another time, is that if I have experienced some kind of like discouraged or like challenge in my relationship, it's going to be really important to apply consent. Why? Because my partner is going to know that my partner is important to me. Her emotions, her feelings, her safety is really important to me. So I am going to ask, may I hold you? May I uh, May I grab you? May I hold your butt? Or may I, you know, grab your titties? Or may I, may I get closer to you? Uh, and, the, and the other person... It's going to feel so safe to really surrender into the experience. Consent is the basic key ingredient for full surrendering because consent, it creates the choice and also creates the space for uh, the container to know that the container is safe. And the more we practice consent, this is where the other ingredient comes in, the key ingredient that is consistency. This is one of the things I teach the most, not just for my regular uh, vanilla or just conscious relationship at Tantra work, but also in my King BDSM work, because it's really important to be consistent with consent. Because the more consistent we are, we're, we're building this muscle, this practice, that wherever I go, whatever I do, whatever experience I am creating, it's going to be a container that is safe uncomfortable for people's well-being, emotions, feelings, bodies, and even their own triggers. And then what it is that I can create and what tools I can provide for people to really, uh, you know, surrender into the experience, into whatever that is, even just eating chocolate or going to dinner with my partner, uh, to a very more, uh, you know, I would say stream, like R-rated, seems like, having sex, like kinky sex, erotic sex, and things like that. Yes. Consent is the key to surrender. Really, really yeah. love this. To ask consent and to be consistent and also to expect the same because maybe, maybe we have gone through a certain kind of abuse, if not sexual, there was always a bully in the school or an, a boss or a teacher or an aunt or someone that somehow bypassed our our unspoken boundaries. So it's also important to expect and demand that the other person ask for consent and mm -hmm. 
in the same way that we should give ourselves permission, we should be able to either grant permission to another person or to deny the permission to the other person. This is wonderful, Gabriela, Lucia, Gabriela. Thank you so Thank much. You. Tell us how can we know more about your work, either getting coached by you, exploring your Love Temple sessions, the BDSM King Sarasota Temple. Tell us everything. Ah, great. So right now you can find me at luciagabriela.com, L-U-C-I-A-G-A-B-R-I-E-L-A.com. And there you're going to be able to explore more about my work. I'm going to be redesigning the, the website in a few couple of weeks for people to actually get to get more clear like what I do what I do because I do so much. Uh, if you're interested and you're in Florida, interested to learn more about my event, or even if you want to travel to for Florida for some of my events, you can go to sacredlovetemple.com, sacredlovetemple.com where we do all the events for like sacred sexuality, tantra, uh, you know, tantric shamanic principles and practices and rituals and ceremonies and festivals and events and retreat. If you're interested more about conscious King PDSM community, you can find me at Sarasota Dark Temple. Sarasota is S-A-R-A-S-O-T-A, darktemple.com. And you can find more about like uh, all our conscious King PDSM workshop and also events and like private events that we do. Um, and yeah, and you are interested to maybe have an experience that is transformational in your life that you decide to awaken all those parts of you that have been numb in some way. I definitely invite you to come to one of my biggest events, which is the Soli Luna Tantric Shamanic Festival. across and I can like opening opening themselves to who they are and that's what I'm here for I'm here for you to hope I'm here to hope you awaken, discover, recover, reclaim on who you are and your authenticity by destroying and creating all those filters and all those layers of what people think that you should do or you should be or you should have or you should do. All the should destroy and create all that for really get to know yourself who you are and from that place of wholeness, create the life and intimacy, relationship and sexuality that you decide to explore in your life. Yes, open to who you really are with the tools help from Lucia Gabriela. Thank you so much. It's been such You're a pleasure to have you here. And thank you, Sensualist, for being at the Sensual Session podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, go to centraldepoder.com and get these episodes delivered directly to your email. Until then, remember to sense your fire so you can share your flame. See you next time. <laughs>